Hello and welcome to the Secret Lady Biz podcast. I'm obsessed with leadership in all its forms and particularly what it means to be a female leader. So join me, Kristen, as I interview and find out more about the unique journeys of some amazing women in leadership. So welcome back to the Secret Lady Biz podcast. Today I have a brand new guest for you. She is the Executive Director of Harvest Arts. She is also an artist herself and the Head Arts Director of many projects. She's got lots of fingers in lots of creative pies here in Albany. I'd like you to welcome, please, Emma to the, to the podcast today. Emma, Welcome. Thanks. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Very nervous. <laughs> There's nothing to be nervous about. Um, so, Emma, I am really interested to find out, given that you do so much in the Albany community, I've seen you in the um, entertainment centre rushing around, organising people and getting shows started. I've seen your name up on um, advertisements of the directors of shows and I'm really intrigued to know what your journey has been to get to where you are today. Well, it has been um, a very long and confusing journey. <laughs> um, I didn't want to go too far back, but it, it doesn't really make sense unless I go back to when I was 18. Uh-huh. Um, I actually used to be a pole vaulter wow. and I injured myself really badly. And part of that injury recovery was to do ballet. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I hadn't really had much of an interest in the arts Um, and then suddenly I'm in a ballet studio learning how to dance and there were people learning how to sing next door and I decided actually I don't want to go back to pole vaulting I want to learn how to sing and dance wow (laughs) so did that for a couple of years and then got my first professional job as a performer Mm -hmm. um, playing Wonder Woman in a stage show for amazing. kids. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> it was so much fun. I did it for three years. Yeah, I'm sure you were natural. <laughs> natural wonder woman. Um, and then from that, I just um, sort of kept getting offered more and more jobs as a performer, mm-hmm. um, kept learning how to sing, um, learning how to dance and acting, and um, did that for about 10 years. And then I realised I was um, not getting as much enjoyment out of performing Mm -hmm. as I had been previously and a friend of mine at the time was coordinating the state one-act drama festival and didn't have a festival director. I thought, how hard can it be? (laughs) (laughs) Festival director, that sounds so easy. Uh, So I volunteered to help him for one year. Absolutely loved it. Um, got to coordinate contracts and performers and write show schedules and do fundraising and all sorts of things. And at the end of that festival, I realised I was having so much fun on the arts administration side of things. Yeah. And I thought, no, I want to do this more. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just started... um, learning a little bit more about what was involved, um, investigated some different courses. And at the same time, um, another friend saw a job advertised in Meriden Mm -hmm. to look after their heritage listed theatre. And he said, I think you'd be great for this. You've got all the experience from being a performer and from working on 
the drama festival, just apply. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. Yeah. The best thing that can happen is you'll get it. Um, and I got the job, surprisingly, Amazing. after the worst job interview of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, was in Meriden for three years learning literally everything to do with the theatre because I was the only employee. Mm -hmm. I did everything from taking the bins out to dealing with like the state um, theatre companies trying to coordinate their tours and uh, writing grant applications, literally everything. Mm. And um, at the same time the council there was really supportive and they helped me do some extra studies. So I did my master's in arts and cultural management. Amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. So that, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a journey. That's incredible. And then what brought you down to Albany? Um, so I had my daughter in Meriden mm-hmm. and the job up there was full-time and it was difficult because I was the only employee. Mm-hmm. I was working full-time with a newborn and I was just missing out on yeah. spending time with her. And I did try job sharing that role for a little while, which it, it kind of worked for a little for a little bit of the time. And then mm-hmm. I thought, no, this isn't this isn't making me as happy as it was. So I started looking at other places. And the Vancouver Arts Centre in Albany was actually an art centre I had studied during my master's and had literally fallen in love with it. I loved all the work they were doing, the artists they were working with. And at the same time, they had a a three-day-a-week job advertised. Um, Applied for it again. (laughs) Worst job interview of my life. I did not interview well Um, and was very surprised to get offered that job as well. So I worked at the Vancouver Arts Centre for two and a half years. Um, as their arts development officer and mm-hmm. had a fantastic time. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, we'll find about we'll find out about your next venture in yeah. a second. <laughs> what would you say then is your greatest professional achievement to date? Um, so while I was working in Meriden, I did a lot of work around um how we could get more people to come to the theatre because mm-hmm. when I started there, there was only, they were averaging about 30 to 40 people coming to a show. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's that's not great. We need more people experiencing these things. Um, so I started doing a bit of research. Um, I'm a big nerd. I love statistics. <laughs> Every year it's a census year. I get so excited. <laughs> I was trawling through census data and um, I came up with this um, basically a 10-step program for how to improve um, theatre audiences and got invited to present that at the Regional Arts Conference in WA, Mm -hmm. which I did, and I was so nervous (laughs) and delivered that as um, one of the keynotes. And at the end of that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that was so exciting. I had a great time. Lots of people were saying how wonderful it was. And then I got invited to do the same um, presentation at the Australian Regional Arts Conference. Wow. So here I was incredible. two years into my arts management journey and I was speaking at a Fantastic. massive arts conference. Yes. Yeah, it was a bit 
surreal but <laughs> it was incredible amazing experience and I was so proud of myself yeah. that it was something I had just done because I was interested in it yeah excellent here's all my peers going that was great <laughs> well you obviously brought a different perspective to it yeah sense of starter yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely being a big old nerd <laughs> well you probably I mean it is to be argued that perhaps people that are more in the direction of the arts may not go searching for statistics yeah um but yeah that's a fantastic story I too am also excited to, to read the census data. I go trawling through census data from previous centuries as well and quite quite enjoy seeing the, the changes and fluctuations and yeah. human development and, yeah, so I'm with you on that. If you could write a book on anything, Emma, what would it be? Oh, I thought about this one long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I don't think I... Um, have a lot of knowledge to give so I don't think I'd be giving I'd be writing like a, a how-to book or anything like that or even I don't think really anyone's all that interested in <laughs> <laughs> my life story but I have always thought that um that two first two years in Meriden was just such a weird experience of coming into this little tight community and having a baby and just dealing with the whole culture shock of mm -hmm city girl goes to the country and I always thought it would be quite a funny a funny story yeah to put into a book form yeah. but I had no talent for writing so <laughs> I have to get somebody else the to ghost write writer. it yeah. yeah oh that's fantastic yeah it's it it is very interesting um the the cultural shock as you say within a culture so there's very definitely a way of being in a city and a way of life in the country. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm sure there's many marketable books out there yeah. of the culture clash between the two. So that um, sounds very interesting. And what do you normally do for fun or relaxation if you get the time? I love sewing. Yeah. Um, I have currently overtaken my kitchen with sewing machines and <laughs> just half-finished projects everywhere. Yep. I am so thankful I have a little girl who loves dresses because <laughs> I can just continuously yep. make dresses for her. Um, yeah, sewing's my main thing. I also really like just getting out in nature, going for a walk, um, yep. spending time at the beach when it's a nice sunny day. Yeah. So tell me, because obviously, you know, that's a that's a creative pursuit as well yeah if the whole pole vault injury and um going into the kind of dance arena and performance um what route may you have taken education wise obviously you'd have your athletic career yeah. but then what route were you going to take I was actually studying medical science oh my so goodness so I flipped completely yeah. I was um I was halfway through my first year of medical science yeah. at Curtin Uni when I hurt myself and um, I put those studies on hold and the next year I enrolled to do a one-year dance course, which my dad was so happy about. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure they were very supportive, very understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. medical science to dance. That's, yeah. That's every parent's dream. <laughs> he was very understanding after he came to the first show, though. Oh, good, yeah. good. Yeah, just a, a natural creative talent lying in there and... It was by accident that it got unleashed. 
Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. That's very interesting. Um, so now in terms of your latest endeavor, obviously you've gone out on your own and and um, you're an entrepreneur, you've got your own business. So I'm interested to know what it means to you to be a business owner. It means um, working on the things that I care about. Mm -hmm. um, I can pick and choose which projects I want to work with, mm -hmm. um, the people I want to work with, as opposed to working for someone where you just sort of get told these, these are what you're doing yeah. this month. Yeah. Um, and I'm finding it's making my work more enjoyable mm -hmm. but at the same time it's also a lot of work like you if you don't turn up to work for six weeks you don't get paid no, no. um which was the case earlier this year when I was I was quite sick with morning sickness yeah <laughs> suddenly yeah. I, I wasn't working so I had no income um that was that makes it difficult but I, th I think the rewards outweigh the the negatives yeah 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 they must do because there's lots of little small businesses around. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's interesting that um, the situation you find yourself in lends itself to wanting to go in the direction of, no, I need meaning. I need this to mean something to yeah. me. Yeah. And as well because I've got such a little, a little girl at the moment and I want to spend as much time with her mm -hmm. I sort of feel like every hour I'm away from her I am choosing to be away from her right and I don't want to resent that time away because I'm working on something I don't care about yep yep no that's a really good way of framing yeah. it absolutely and how and why did you become an entrepreneur in the first place <laughs> uh it was half out of necessity and half out of um that little voice in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. I'd been thinking about it for quite a while. Um, I had sort of been doing a couple of projects on the side for a few years now. And then um, during COVID, my position at the city was made redundant. Okay. So I was sort of pushed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was either apply for another job and there aren't a lot of jobs in the arts in Albany. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in Albany. And at the same time, I realised that because the city had gotten rid of my position, the demand was still there from artists, that artists still needed help yeah. um, with their projects. So, yeah, it was it was a, a mixture of both. I, I wanted, I'd wanted to do it for a really long time and now I, I had sort of no choice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And in... in the journey, who or what has been your greatest influence in starting your business and why? I'm going to say another person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so there is an amazing um, artist slash arts consultant living in Denmark mm -hmm. called Annette Carmichael. Okay. Um, I studied her at university and met her for the first time when I was working in Meriden and completely fangirled, <laughs> like ridiculously. She had no idea what was going on um, and then didn't realise until I was working at the Vancouver Arts Centre that I was working in her old job. Wow. Um, so I got to know all of her projects really intimately mm -hmm. and um, 
then seeing that she had gone from the Vancouver Art Centre on to doing her own um, projects. And we work in very different spheres, but um, the, seeing that, you know what, you can live regionally and you can still work in the arts and you can still pursue your passions. And yep. I've just learnt so much from her over the past, like, five, six years since I discovered her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's she would probably be the biggest influence. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I can only imagine what that was like actually meeting her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what barriers would you say that you've had to overcome on your journey so far? I think the biggest one for me has been self-doubt. Mm -hmm. um, I never thought I was good enough. Mm -hmm. I also felt like if I wasn't working for somebody else that it was going to be a negative impact on my family. Yeah. And that took a lot to get over to yeah. realise it's it's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there, There's always going to be a way out mm -hmm. if things really do go terribly, which they haven't. <laughs> no, no, they've gone some strength to strength. Yeah, so that's been, that's been the biggest challenge. Um, and um, self-promotion yeah. because a lot of it all comes down to how I talk about myself and how I promote myself and not doubting my own abilities and saying, you know what, no, I'm actually really good at this. Yeah, that's right. I'm the person that you need <laughs> yeah. to get this done. Yeah, fantastic. Well, if, if all else fails, you can send your husband out. Yes. He certainly, he certainly <laughs> talks you up, which is rightly so as well. Yeah. No, it's self-doubt is, is a large thing that, um, you know, also the label of imposter syndrome and what am I doing here and yeah. why would people want me to help them with whatever it is that, you know, your service offering is or, you know, it's, uh, it is something difficult to overcome. Well, it was always really funny in when I was working in Meriden, um, the process to get a show up so that an audience could sit in the theatre and watch it. Mm -hmm. Nobody sees the behind the scenes. They don't see yeah. the contract negotiations. They don't see the applying for funding. They don't see you going to your boss and saying, no, this community needs this show. Um, and every time a show would open, I always used to cry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and people would be like, why are you crying? Like this is, it, it'd be like a kid's show or it's like, you know, just something that was completely yeah. not cry with. And I'm like, you don't understand how hard it was to get to here and I yeah. didn't think I would get to this point. And, yeah, without doubt, every time <laughs> cry just, on just opening night. Just a stress release. Yeah. 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 And that knowledge that, you know what, all that hard work to get to this point, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, what's the best advice that you've received so far in your time being in business that you want to share or the absolute worst that you want to warn us against? The best advice I ever got was um, knowing what you're good at and mm -hmm. what you're not good at mm -hmm. and what you enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing. And those things that you don't enjoy doing and those things that you're not good at just pay somebody else to do it for you because mm -hmm. um, there's nothing worse than resenting having to do something because you think you have to. Yeah. It's so nice Yeah, knowing that somebody else is doing the job and doing it better and you also get that nice little feeling of I'm employing someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So absolutely, that has always been the best. Yeah, <laughs> sticking to your strengths, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And it took me a little while to realise that as well. I was trying to do everything very early on mm-hmm. um, and now I have no hesitation in getting somebody else with more talents to do those things for me. Brilliant, yeah, frees you up to do the yeah. stuff that's that's important to you. And what's the most effective marketing initiative or program that you've used to promote your business? Paying somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I am terrible at marketing. Um, well, that's not, no, that's not true. I'm not terrible at marketing. I just don't enjoy it. I yep. absolutely hate it. Yep. So I, that is one of the things that I love, just employing somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give them a brief of what I want. Like if it's a poster design or I need some copy written, I will give them what sort of angle I'm going for, but I'm more than happy to pay somebody else to do it. Um, Also in my business, I don't really have to do a lot of marketing um, unless it's like for a a public performance. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not really marketing my business. A lot of what clients I get are either through tenders or just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's another really good marketing technique is um, have people say nice things about you. <laughs> you do a good job in the first place. Have Don't them say nice dick. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, have that element of customer service. That yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the one of the best marketing tools is yeah. to be good at your job and have really good customer service. Yeah. And then the rest takes care of itself, particularly yeah. in uh, in a town like Albany or a region like Great Southern. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And what's one thing that you've learned as a small business owner that served you well over the last few years? Um, probably making boundaries. Mm-hmm. So um, I try normally not to work at home. Mm-hmm. I have my own office separate from home. Um, and if I am working from home, I'm not working at the kitchen table. I'm in the office at home. So I know when I go into that room and sitting down, it's work time. Yeah. Um, and also having those boundaries of at five, after five o'clock, I'm not answering a work call. I'm yeah. not going to check my work email. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it just takes over your whole life and it's really hard to claw it back when people are expecting to be able to contact you at eight o'clock at night or yeah. seven o'clock in the morning. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And was that something that you've learned or something that you had in place right from the start? No, that was something I had to learn. Okay. I used to answer the phone at any time and then it wasn't until my daughter was born and somebody rang me at, it was like 6am on a Sunday and Mm -hmm. I answered the phone and it was to go and unlock a building and I turned up with what was almost a newborn baby and a set of keys. Yeah. And they were horrified that I had turned up and it didn't occur to me that, oh, actually, this is a problem. And then I thought about it and went, no, this is a problem. Yeah. Like I I shouldn't be basically rearranging my life to make somebody else happy. Yeah. At 6 o'clock on a Sunday with a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, it is a tough learning curve. Yeah, absolutely, especially when when you are in your own business and you feel that letting a client down in any way, shape, or form is yeah. going to strain. It's your okay to say or, no. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
And are there any resources or tools that you'd like to share with other small business owners that have helped you in running your business? Oh, I did have something and I've, it has gone straight out of my head. Having a really good accounting package mm -hmm. and if you're not good at accounting, having a really good accountant. Yep, yep. Um, it has been one of the most calming things for me mm -hmm. when I can have a look at my accounts and go, do you know what? I'm fine for the next six months yep. or I'm fine for the next two weeks. <laughs> like, yep. I don't need to panic and stress about finding more work. Um, that has always been very nice and calming. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's been one of the big ones for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, again, and that's the outsourcing. That's, yes. You can focus on what you do yeah. and someone else can take care of the yes. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, what are you celebrating right now? You can share a recent win with the listeners so that we can oh, all be I'm happy. Oh, I'm so excited. I recently <laughs> got um, quite a, uh, well, I'm calling it a big contract <laughs> to work with um, an organisation called Circuit West. Okay. So Circuit West um, looks after pretty much all of the artists and performing arts centres in WA and mm -hmm. they've just launched a new project working with community theatres. Wow. So they're doing a pilot program and um, I have been asked to be part of that pilot program. So I'm going to 11 community theatres located throughout WA. I get to go visit them, Phenomenal. get to know them, and then I'm teaching them all about grant writing, which is my number one topic. I love grant writing. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it is exciting for me because I've never been part of a project like this before. Yeah. And um, I had to like, put in a tender, make it look all professional. It was it was a big step up for me usually. Yeah. I, I've never done something this big. And then I get to talk about my favourite topic, which usually people don't want to listen to. So <laughs> I'm getting paid to talk about a topic to people. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So. And off the back of your previous success of your 10 steps of how, yeah. to, how to get more audiences yeah, in, so no doubt that's going to really be. really looking forward to that. Oh, brilliant. And so that's over the next, well, it's meant to be over the next six months, but it'll be over the next five months for me because that's when I'm giving a baby. <laughs> <laughs> the next big project. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks. That's really wonderful news. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Now we've gotten to the part of the podcast where we do a plug for your business. So we've discussed it a little bit, uh, Harvest Arts and, and the work that you do, but would you like to tell us a bit more about the business, the services that you provide and who your target audience is? Sure. So predominantly I work with artists, both visual and performing artists. Um, and I also work with arts organisations. So everything from small not-for-profits right up to uh, local governments, uh, doing everything from grant writing, um, strategic documents, uh, career planning, yeah, Basically anything on the um, the arts management side of things. Oh, fantastic. So it's a holistic consultation or, or consulting uh, service that you can provide if, if people are after yeah. it. Yes, I've got quite a varied background. So I've, I've, if, if I haven't already experienced it, I can usually reach out to one of my colleagues and get some help as well. So it's, it's 
it's good yeah amazing yeah what a, what a fantastic service to be able to provide excellent yeah if I don't know the answer I'll find someone who does yeah that's excellent yeah really fantastic and and very fortunate that uh, the artists of the region have a resource like you to, to draw upon as well. Particularly, um, interestingly, there you say about the career planning as well. Um, that would that would be a very interesting role to take on. Yeah, when especially with um, early career artists. Like quite mm-hmm. often it's that bridging that gap between being an amateur artist and being professional, yeah. um, not knowing, like I can help with everything from simple things like how to write an invoice or how to accurately charge for your time um, right up to like reaching those bigger arts organizations and getting getting their work out there yeah Yeah. that's incredible incredible I can imagine that uh, something like art making a sustainable income or sustainable business out of it uh, which is 100% possible may not seem so when you're at the beginning of your career so having yeah. someone like you who can perhaps help them navigate, you know, how how to make it viable um, is, is a great source of uh, information. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. And tell us, what's your number one business goal that you plan to accomplish over the next year? Oh, over the next year. <laughs> That's such a short time frame in the arts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess the biggest thing for me is I have stepped away from um, doing a little bit of my own work because I've been helping others for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really like to get back to a bit more of a balance between creating my own work as an artist as well as continuing to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I also find that it helps my arts practice as well, that I make those connections with other people and um the best thing about the arts is that we artists work is always better when you're working alongside other artists. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that's my biggest goal is yeah, keep helping others and then at the same time start to be a little bit more in the arts myself. Yeah. That's wonderful. Any any um particular projects in mind? Uh yes. <laughs> Exit. You don't have to share. Just... <laughs> no, I've, I've got um, an idea that's been floating around for the last few years, um, and there's it seems to be the right the right time now with um, the Maritime Festival in Albany oh, and um, the the shanty men getting a little bit more out there with working on other arts projects and. Um, some other artists around Albany that I've wanted to work with for a while and now I'm like okay maybe this is the time brilliant yeah just getting those those ducks in a row and hopefully get something going yeah Yeah, isn't that a great feeling when something's been percolating for a while and you suddenly feel like it's time yeah (laughs) amazing amazing well I can't wait I can't wait to see what it is um because I'm a a big fan of all those things that you said the shantyman and and, uh, Albany reaching out to its maritime history and all utilizing it and putting it at the forefront of of a touristic and and cultural event it's been fantastic yeah Yeah, wonderful and tell me in true sisterhood style uh, if there's one other amazing lady in biz that I should be interviewing on the podcast who is it and why um I'm actually going to nominate two okay (laughs) so the first one 
is um, Ashley Whiting, mm-hmm. who is a costume designer and um, does amazing work sewing. She is just creates beautiful work <coughs> and somebody that I've wanted to work with <laughs> for quite a while and we never seem to align. So um, she just does amazingly beautiful um, textile work. So that's the first one. Fantastic. And the second one is um, Annette Carmichael, who is a Denmark artist. Um, she is just phenomenal. I <laughs> look up to her so much. Um, she works both in arts management and in creating her own um, work, mostly mm-hmm. in contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. And she's just an exceptional person. And we're so lucky to have someone like that in the Great Southern. Fantastic. I'll reach out to yeah. both of them. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> and finally, what's the best way for the listeners to connect with your business? Um, so I do have a website, which mm-hmm. is harvestarts.com.au. Um, and from there, you got my contact details through Facebook, uh, Instagram, or email. Um, I'm not great at Instagram. I'm still learning. <laughs> so probably Facebook or email are the best ways to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, how can we get tickets for your um, directorial uh, pursuits. pursuits cool. <laughs> yes, um, the easiest way is to go to Paperbarks. You can either go in store, which um, they've got a shop on York Street in Albany, mm-hmm. or you can um, go online and they've got a fantastic online portal. You can select all your own seats and yeah. Fantastic. It's Excellent. Really That's brilliant. I can't wait. I can't wait for Susie Called Musical to, um, to be in season. Yeah. Exciting. Amazing. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Emma. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being so generous with your answers um, and for um, being so open with all of the information that you've given us today. It's been wonderful to interview and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Secret Lady Biz podcast. I really appreciate if you can subscribe, that would be wonderful. And then you won't miss out on all of the incredible interviews we have coming up with some amazing women around Albany and the great Southern region. In the meantime, keep leading however you can, wherever you are.